Today, we're talking about the leaked Jonah Hill text messages scandal that has split the internet in two, why the US government is now going after Logan Paul, new Ozempic concerns, and how one US senator is single-handedly making our military weaker and more vulnerable. We're gonna talk about all that and so much more on this brand new Philip DeFranco show you daily dive into the news, so buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. Starting with this Jonah Hill scandal that has split the internet in two. Is Jonah Hill an abusive misogynist? That's a question and debate that took over the internet this weekend. And that's because this weekend, Jonah Hill's ex-girlfriend, surfer Sarah Brady, shared several screenshots of messages from Jonah on her Instagram story. With it starting with messages where they were discussing Sarah's posts on Instagram of her in a bikini, where Jonah is seemingly asking her to take them down. Also, some of the other messages appear to show Jonah disapproving of Sarah's choice to model and the people she interacts with in the surfing world. And while sharing these messages, Sarah has been calling Jonah abusive, narcissistic, and misogynistic. Though the message that's gotten the most attention is this one where Jonah appears to say, if you need surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men, to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful, I am not the right partner for you. If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for a romantic partnership. With that screenshot specifically sparking the biggest reactions. And depending on where you were looking online, the reactions were so drastically different. Where you had some people agreeing with Sarah's labeling of Jonah saying things like, Jonah Hill is an abusive misogynist and shouldn't be in any relationship with anyone until he can sort himself out. No one should try to isolate their partner from their friends, undermine their job, and control their clothes and social media presence. Others also accusing him of using therapy language to abuse and control his girlfriend. Arguing boundaries are the type of behavior you accept from others when they interact with you. Telling someone how they should behave with others and themselves is not setting boundaries, it's controlling them. He's literally weaponizing the language you learn in therapy. Many people also jumping onto the fact that Sarah is a semi-pro server, so photos of her in a bathing suit just come with the territory. Others have also pointed to messages that Sarah shared showing Jonah liking the photos Sarah had posted of her surfing in a bikini at the beginning of the relationship. But then if you go to a different place on the internet or maybe the algorithm's just feeding you different people, there were a lot of people coming to Jonah's defense, arguing that what Jonah was doing wasn't abusive, he was just establishing personal boundaries. With people saying things like, the problem with most relationships is that one partner or the other don't set their boundaries. She may not agree with the boundaries, in which case he laid it out as no hard feelings, and saying that's not abusive, it's good and reasonable communication. It's okay if they're not a match. As well as, how does the issue become control if the counter is that she should be able to think and do for herself? How is any request for change of behavior control if you always have the freedom to leave? Like, how is the man suddenly a bad person because he is communicating his needs? Also, many in this camp finding Sarah's timing here suspect, because these two didn't just break up and now she's reacting to it, with them appearing to have broken up a while ago and Jonah just now having a child with his new partner about a month ago, which is why some have characterized Sarah as a bitter ex who's weaponizing messages to lash out. But with that, you have people pointing to Sarah saying in one of the posts that the release of these messages has more to do with her own mental health than anything else. And so for now, that's where we are. Sarah's continued to share reactions to the messages on her Instagram story. Jonah has yet to respond to the whole situation. But with all that said, I gotta know, which camp do you land in? Are you with Sarah? Are you with Jonah? Or is there some in between? What are your feelings? What are your opinions? Let me know in those comments down below. And then, remember worthless scumbag Larry Nasser, the disgraced former USA gymnastics doctor? Or the monster who abused hundreds of athletes, some as young as six years old, including former Olympian gymnast Simone Biles? Probably the last time you heard of him, he was sentenced to spend the rest of his life in a small jail cell. Well, the update today is that almost changed. Though not because he was released, but because reportedly he was stabbed in the back and neck multiple times by another prison inmate yesterday. Suffering what one source called substantial injuries, including a collapsed lung, though he's reportedly in stable condition. I'm just left feeling like uh, it could have happened to a better guy. And personally, the, the more that I think about this, I'm happy he didn't die, because this just means more and more time that he's going to have to worry about and look over his shoulder. Because it's not just a fear now, Larry. It's a thing that happened and can happen again. And while there's no such thing as justice fully served with monsters like Larry, Monday does seem like a slightly better day now. And then, Meta's new Threads app has just continued its meteoric rise. With Zuckerberg announcing this morning, Threads reached 100 million signups over the weekend. 
weekend and saying that's mostly organic demand and we haven't turned on many promotions yet. Can't believe it's only been five days. And it's not that people are just signing up, they appear to be using it. With The Verge reporting last week that when the app was launched Wednesday night, by Thursday morning, not only were 30 million profiles activated, there were 95 million posts and 190 million likes. Though of course, those numbers and even what we're talking about now, this is all very early days. But the success or failure of threads isn't gonna be seen in like the next two weeks. Or we're seeing now, it could just speak to how interested people are in a Twitter alternative, but over days and weeks and months of use, people may go, ah, this isn't really for me. Especially as it's become more and more obvious, they're not trying to be a one-to-one Twitter replacement. With Instagram head Adam Missouri saying the company is not actively encouraging politics and hard news on the platform, which of course historically are places that Twitter absolutely thrived. Though these days there's no shortage of critics saying that Twitter is harder to use for that. With among other things, feeds and top replies being absolutely swamped with people who paid for the check mark, other than people and organizations that may have naturally just popped up. But even with Twitter, we're gonna have to wait to see what happens in general, but also with the traffic. Especially as Cloudflare CEO Matthew Prince posted yesterday, Twitter traffic tanking. And with that, posting a graph of what he says is Twitter's DNS ranking from January to now, which may or may not be connected to Elon Musk lashing out and saying, Zuck is a cuck. And later tweeting, I propose a literal dick measuring contest. And this is he's publicly begging Mr. Beast to post videos to Twitter. But hey, we'll see how things play out. And uh, I loves me some competition. And then the US federal government is going after Logan Paul right now. And today, this is not over his crypto scandals that many have called a scam, but instead this involves Logan Paul, KSI, and their Prime Energy drink. With even Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer slamming Prime Energy drink in a meeting with reporters yesterday and even demanding their company get investigated. Because apparently, there are two main concerns with the product. The first being the allegedly absurd caffeine content of Prime Energy, which reportedly has 200 milligrams of caffeine per can, which to give you context, that's roughly the same as two Red Bulls or six Cokes. And then secondly, it's alleged marketing towards children, which is a very key thing because each drink actually carries a warning stating that it's not recommended for children under the age of 18. But it's being argued you have two social media influencers who are hugely popular among kids and they're promoting it as this cool, flashy drink, and so critics say the warning's meaningless. And specifically regarding how it's packaged and marketed, Schumer alleges that Prime Energy is promoted in a near identical form to Prime Hydration, which is no caffeine. And so with that saying, as a result, some parents have unknowingly bought the energy drink for their kids. But I'm also citing physicians who claim that it could cause health issues like disrupted sleep, mood disorders, headaches, jitters, and nervousness. And so with all that, he came out and announced... Releasing a letter this morning asking the FDA to investigate Prime for, number one, its claims... Number two, it's marketing aimed at kids. And number three, it's eye-popping caffeine content. Now, to be fair, in its defense, Prime Energy does contain more caffeine than popular energy drinks like Red Bull, Monster, and NOS, but it is equal to other brands like Gatorade's Fast Twitch and Pepsi's Celsius. And in fact, some drinks like Rockstar and Bang, they have 100 milligrams more than Prime Energy. Though even with that, some critics argue that doesn't excuse Prime, saying that if anything, it just shows how out of control the entire energy drink industry has gotten in recent years. And also arguing that unlike other brands, Prime's ties to KSI and Logan Paul specifically draw in children. Though with that, I'd also say I'd love to see specific numbers because I wonder what's the actual percentage of their audiences that are under the age of 18. So that's the story as it is now, but with it, I'd love to know your thoughts on it. And then, y'all, working out consistently can be so hard, especially when you're doing it alone. But that's also why I want to thank Copilot for helping me through this journey since January. You know, Copilot takes the homework out of working out. Their coaches schedule workouts that you just follow. One of my favorite things about Copilot is their expertise. Like when I was doing the dumbbell bench one-arm row and my leg was too forward, the app showed me that my form was off. And once I corrected it, I messaged my coach Devin and he checked my form to be sure I was doing it right. It's also no wonder Copilot was 
listed as one of the best personal training apps of 2023 by Forbes. And it's so simple. You just start with an onboarding call. You connect with a coach who makes customized workouts specific to your goals. And that's it. So if you want to join me on a fitness journey of your own, just click my Copilot link or scan the QR code to get a 14-day trial with your own personal trainer. Copilot is the best way to reach your fitness goals. And between my coach and the app, I'm more consistent and I work harder. Don't let this be your moment, your new day one to becoming that better, stronger, healthier you. You just got to sign up because any day at any moment, that can be your first step. And with the guiding hand of Copilot, your success has never been more attainable. And I feel like I'm proof of that because it just helped me kick it into another gear. Because remember, this is where I started my journey and this is where I'm at right now. And then Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama is messing with our military right now in a way we really haven't seen before. With this one Republican senator single-handedly blocking the smooth transfer of power within the highest ranks of our military. And specifically, he's using a procedural tactic to prevent the chamber from approving hundreds of promotions for high-ranking officers. And as far as why he's doing it, it's because of abortion. Because Tuberville objects to a Pentagon policy instituted after Roe was overturned that provides time off and reimbursement for travel to service members seeking abortions or other reproductive care like IVF. And that has made Tommy a big, mad, angry boy. So as a result, he's demanding that the Pentagon revoke the policy or that the Senate pass legislation overturning it. But until that happens, he's stopping the Senate from mass-confirming military promotions. Which, a very key thing, is a process that for generations has been totally non-controversial and done without any problems. While this has been going on for a little while now, it is about to cause some serious disruption starting right now. Because as of today, the Marine Corps will be unable to replace its top leader who is required under law to step down from his post. And notably, more key leaders are set to do the same soon. Over the next few months, more than half the current Joint Chiefs are scheduled to step down from their posts, including the Staff Chiefs of the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and even General Mark Milley, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. With all that leaving the advisory body with more temporary leaders than ever before in American history. And that's a very massive deal because those temporary occupants are just placeholders. They're unable to make serious strategic decisions, which is basically the main job of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. But it's also not just the top leadership positions being prevented from doing their job. This is also going to have a spillover effect down the chain of command for every officer waiting to replace someone else. And key thing, all of this is happening at a point in time where the U.S. is locked in a handful of serious and complex military operations. With the New York Times even explaining that this will effectively amount to leaving the president's chief military advisory body in an unprecedented state of flux at a time of escalating tensions with China and Russia. Which is why with all this, you have a ton of people saying that Tuberville's blockade is going to jeopardize the U.S. military's ability to respond to crises. And among those, you have Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin himself, who told senators back in March, there are a number of things happening globally that indicate that we could be in a contest on any one given day. Not approving the recommendations for promotions actually creates a ripple effect through the force that makes us far less ready than we need to be. And adding, the effects are cumulative and will affect families. It will affect kids going to schools because they won't be able to change their duty station. It's a powerful effect and will impact our readiness. And so all that's been echoed by other Democratic leaders like the White House press secretary who argued that Tuberville's actions were a threat to our national security, as well as Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer condemning the damaging impact here. But also you even have top Republicans speaking out. Even Mitch McConnell opposes what Tuberville's doing, but still he has refused to back down. Instead, floating that Republicans propose a bill overturning the Pentagon policy or the Democrats introduce one codifying it. But Tuberville also arguing that the Senate could just approve each military promotion individually. With that, you have Senate staff saying none of those options are viable. Right? Legislation either blocking or affirming the policy would face too much opposition from opposing parties. And Senate leaders have rejected the idea of individual confirmations because it's just going to take too long. And honestly, no one really knows what's going to happen because Tuberville has just continued to reject compromises. So for now, we're going to have to wait and see how this standoff is going to play out. And I guess in the meantime, extra hope that we don't get into any serious military conflict because already that would be less than ideal. But because of Tuberville's actions here, we're in an even worse place. And then we've got two big controversies right now. And we're going to start with the least controversial, the chemical weapons. I know that's a weird sentence. Right? And that's because the head of the Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons, which oversees their destruction around the world, announced on Friday that the U.S. had irreversibly destroyed the last of its stockpile, which officially means the chemical weapons are essentially gone from the planet. But that's only officially and probably not really. And that's because Sudan, North Korea, and Egypt haven't signed a treaty that bans them, although it's unclear if and how many they actually possess. And on top of that, this is just the end of declared chemical weapons. It's very possible that nations have secret 
sacred stockpile such as Syria, which has been accused of using Soviet-era chemical weapons in its civil war. Not to mention there have been clandestine uses of nerve agents linked to Russia. However, that doesn't completely take away from this milestone. Widely seen as a positive move and it's been widely praised. However, the thing that's been far more controversial is America's plan to get rid of some of its cluster munitions. Because these can be bombs, artillery shells, or missiles that once they get a certain distance from a target deploy a bunch of small bombs spread over a huge area. Right? It makes it so that one 155mm howitzer shell can hit an area bigger than a football field with tiny explosions that kill troops and disable vehicles. And because they can cover such massive areas, it means that they inevitably hit things they aren't supposed to while missing targets they are supposed to hit. Which also led the US to phase them out in 2016. But they didn't just disappear, we've been sitting on a huge stockpile of them. That is, until President Biden announced that as part of a new aid package to Ukraine, 155mm howitzer-based cluster munitions are going to be sent to fight Russia. And so many humanitarian groups and nations condemn the move and urge Ukraine not to actually use them, with them pointing out that upwards of 40% of the smaller bombs they drop fail to detonate when they're supposed to and they get stuck in the ground, leaving areas dangerous for years or decades. Although notably, the U.S. claims that the more modern ones they're sending Ukraine have a less than 3% failure rate. Also, others against the move have pointed to this clip where former Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about reports of Russia using cluster bombs in Ukraine and whether it was a war crime, to which she said, if, if that were true, it would potentially be a war crime. Which brings up the question of if there's so much controversy, why even supply them? Well, according to National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, he told reporters that they were a bridge of supplies until production of conventional shells could catch up, saying, we will not leave Ukraine defenseless at any point in this conflict, period. It also just so happens to solve the problem of getting rid of them rather than having to deal with actually dismantling them, though that is not an argument that he made. But regardless, it's unlikely Ukraine's going to turn them down, especially because since that clip of Saki, we now know that Russia has for sure been using cluster munitions in Ukraine, not just on like military targets, even cities like Kharkiv, which has left many Ukrainians saying that they're justified to use these weapons. Which is why I gotta ask you, do you think this is a good thing the US is doing here? It's a bad thing? Is it so messy? There's no such thing as a good answer. Where are you at and why? And then, is Ozempic actually dangerous for you? That's what the European Union is looking into after Iceland's health authority flagged at least three cases of suicidal and self-harm thoughts in patients taking the diabetes drug as well as a weight loss drug, Sixenda, both of which are made by Novo Nordis. And while Ozempic and Sixenda sparked the investigation, the European Medical Agency decided to particularly focus on their active ingredients known as semaglutide and liraglutide, which means that there's a good chance that other drugs could fall under scrutiny. Now, despite Novo Nordisk claiming that their safety data failed to show any causal association between the drugs and self-harm, you have others who have argued there have been hints for a while that this could be the case. And that's because here in America, regulators have warned that Saxenda could lead to suicidal thoughts, as well as Wagovi, which has just reformulated Ozempic for weight loss and still using semaglutide. Also, even before that, since 2018, the FDA's adverse event reporting system public dashboard had at least 60 reports of such thoughts linked to semaglutide, liraglutide also receiving a similar amount of reports. So very notably, those are self-reported incidents, so the FDA hasn't verified them and uses the data as an informal way to see if something's wrong. And all in all, this has been a concerning few weeks for Novo Nordisk, because all this is coming after European authorities announced they'd also be monitoring whether these same drugs are linked to thyroid cancer, which is also something else the US has been warning about. And all this leads me with two final things to say. One, this is very early days, we're not saying anything concretely, we're talking about concerns that need to be investigated. And two, notably, none of this is likely to actually mean the drugs will be pulled off the market. Instead, it would probably just lead to a labeling and prescription guideline change. Because regulators are actually fine with this side effect as long as it's relatively rare and patients are made aware, or they'd want you to monitor it and talk to your doctor if it happens. And that is where today's daily dive into the news ends, but for more news you need to know, I got you covered right here. And remember, my name's Philip DeFranco, you've just been filled in, I love yo faces, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.